Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Warped, a completely unnecessary Star Trek podcast where we do unasked for audio commentary of Star Trek episodes. Here are your hosts, Sean. Get me to my regular doctor. They're familiar with my weird, you know, things. Matt. It's completely bonkers, and, and yeah. I didn't understand what was happening, <laughs> yeah. like, 80% of the time, but I loved it. Jake. His abs unfurled. Philippe. I don't have honor! <laughs> What's the point? I want to live and sing and dance! Erin. Uh-oh, this show is so good, we're just, like, watching it. Min Win. Would you fuck, marry, or kill me? <laughs> all of that. I would do all <laughs> three. <laughs> all three in that order. Dear Diary, I kissed an android today, and he told me he felt nothing. Make it so. Like I hadn't done it in a day. Man. Yeah, no, it was real good. But th- I, I understand Philippe's point. It does sort of feel like it helped us flow into actually talking. Yeah. Instead of this sort of like stuttering start stop thing that we were doing <laughs> yep, before, yep, yep. now I feel like we're in it. Yeah, yep. exactly. You need to kind of be led down the aisle. Yeah. Bit. All right. Well, we're here. We're back. We've been um, on hiatus for a while, but we're not to the listeners. We haven't because this is the, we've been putting well, that's true. episodes out for the last four weeks. Three weeks. But just, to, just so everybody knows, our commitment has been faltering. Yes. <laughs> we're back. Well, three weeks back. ago, we started putting episodes out yeah. again, and we're so far, for, we're three for three. We we're on missed, it. I didn't we miss one week. week. <laughs> Today, we are watching season five, episode five, Disaster. And this I is got a real good episode, love you guys. Love, love, love. Forty-five minutes and thirty-one seconds on the clock, and I'm punching the triangle in three, two, one, punch. This is probably a top ten wow. episode, don't you think? I mean, it's super memorable for me. Uh, I love it. It's it's got so many great because it's got so many different plots it's got, that like, are going four different plot lines going at once. Jake, do you remember seeing it when it was first on? I do, do the, the 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 interaction between Picard and the kids. I mm-hmm. think is the most what stood out for me the most. But coming back to it, the the Jordy Crusher interaction, I think, was a real nice bonus. Yeah, Jordy and Crusher are a, a nice pair because they don't usually get much to do with each other. You know, they don't usually have plot lines where they're. Where it's just the two of them doing something. You know, by Crusher's choice, usually. Oh, she doesn't. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody She's wants, heard the rumor. No woman wants to be in a room alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, she's like, what if we just what if we just shot ourselves out into space? <laughs> that, would, that would be okay, too, right? <laughs> what do you mean his letter where he says, I have a Crusher on you? Oh, no. What? Well, I have some notes uh, on your pun, your, your recent pun work that I took during Corrections yeah, Corner. That was today. her second day aboard, too. Yeah. <laughs> imagine. Just imagine. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Somebody See, Jordy's just... actually gets to be uh, good in this episode because it's all science. It's all Oh, blonde. yes. LeVar's singing some Gilbert and Sullivan. Oh, right. I forgot about this part. 
I forgot that's why she's there. Yeah, she's trying she's to trying convince She's trying to recruit him. him to be in her musical. Yeah. Don't make me sing. No, don't make me sing. Because Beverly is an amateur, uh, you know. Dramaturg. Dramaturg. <laughs> dramatist on the side. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> she likes acting and she likes directing. <laughs> These kids are so excited to be hanging out with John. <laughs> it's the best. He's like a god to them. Right. Patrick Stewart and kids is just a great combination because he's so good at playing how uncomfortable John Luke is. (laughs) is, He's great in this. He's wearing his awesome suede jacket again. I love what they dress their children in in the future. I mean, does nobody get shorts? Look at that thing that poor girl is wearing right now. She looks straight out of Lost in Space. I know. Like like... 60s era Lost in Space. Didn't we have some insight that that was going to get dated quick? Look at that! <laughs> that ensemble. Piece. I mean, no, none of them look. Good. No, they're all terrible. <laughs> yeah. They're all. They, they all, all have grounds to sue their parents. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that pain smile on the kid on the bottom yeah. left is. And just... Patrick Stewart is hilarious in this episode. He's so much fun with these kids. I would be mad if I were one of those kids because you know in those outfits they still can't go to the bathroom by themselves. <laughs> right. But they yeah. should be old enough to go to the bathroom by themselves. They're still like warping it out. Of, they're still like teleporting it out of their bladder. Yeah, we've had lots of different theories about how that works in the yeah. past. <clears throat> I suggested self-sealing zippers, but you suggested beaming their pee out of it. <laughs> <Did> I? <laughs> I had no recollection of that, but I stand by. But I'm consistent. It might have been men, actually. Now that I think about it, who first suggested it? It's one of the non-essential like energy uses that gets shut down when there's a red alert. Whenever they're like, divert all energy (laughs) to the bridge. Like nobody can pee during that time. (laughs) You have to pee. It really sucks if you're like right in the middle of it though. (laughs) Right. Like ah ah. ah." I was completely relaxed a minute ago, and now I need to change. Uh, well, at least you can still pee. Just pee all over yourself. Yeah. It's fine. No fix. Highly absorptive future clothing. Yeah, that's probably true. Like you say, I think they just pee in their clothes, and then okay, we got to stop talking. About this. <laughs> then they just. This is then the they content just, our listeners. This is one of the best episodes this show ever did. <laughs> And we're back on how do they Uh-oh. pee in the future? Did those guys die? <laughs> do we a lose some red shirts? We have had half a dozen times. Yeah, <laughs> I think people do die at some point. We are watching Disaster. Original air date October nineteenth, nineteen ninety one. Collision with a quantum filament leaves Troy in charge of a damaged and endangered Enterprise with emergency bulkheads cutting off sections of the ship. That's what it's Aaron. Like, right? What do you think the IMDb rating of this episode is? Well, I heard it's pretty good. Uh, we'll take an 8.1. Alright, May? I'm go 7-7, because to me, this episode should be called I Am Troy, I Am the Captain Now. Nice. That's right. Anybody else? Uh, I'll go 8-2. Eight, 8-2. Two. Eight, two. I'll go 7-4, because I don't think people rated it as high as they should have. I'm God. I I I give these people more credit than they deserve every time because I'm always over. But I gotta go with my heart. I think this is an eight three, seven nine. Uh, May wins again. Yep. Good. Good. Hey, seven seven's a solid guess. Yep. Yeah. 
This is a special episode. This is the last episode of Star Trek to air before Gene Roddenberry died. Uh... He died five days after the or five days. Yeah. So when you saw this as a kid, Jake, you were like, you were into the story because there were kids in it. I mean, I was old enough to know, like, to detect the awkwardness that yeah. that Picard was feeling, and so I, I appreciated from that. I, I, and it's just a kind of interaction that you don't get to see a lot. I think. How old were you? I don't know. I, I can't. <laughs> we could do the math. It, it, it could have been nineteen ninety one. It could have been. It was probably like eleven. A, yeah, but it was probably like a rerun within the next, you know, couple of years. Oh, he didn't die. He didn't die. How old did you feel? Spit up your drink. <laughs> I like this episode because they put reverse every- drink. <laughs> they put everyone in weird combinations. Yeah, I think they must have had a good time. You being know, they're like, like we'll put Troy on charge of the bridge. Who's going to be in in which story? And we'll put Picard with a bunch of children. <laughs> it makes me wonder which idea they had first. If they had the idea of Troy has to take over during an emergency, or if they had. Picard is stranded with a bunch of oh, asshole kids. She did. Uh, she did. Drink, everyone. Drink, drink. drink. Chief O'Brien getting a lot. We of don't lines. lose a lot of crewmen on this on next gen. No, but they do. They do throw a few tissue in the trash every once in a while when oh. they want the stakes to be high. Jean Luc is in pain. Look at that pained look on Patrick Stewart's face. He's so good in this. Aaron, <laughs> you didn't see this one. Do you want a quick? Do you want? Do you care what's going on? I do care what's going on. Do you want? Do you need a quick explanation, or yes, are you please. cool? No, I have no idea what's going on. So the ship, kids. the ship, <laughs> the ship is the ship is just having a normal day. Everyone's doing their normal things. Picard is having to give a tour that he doesn't want to give to these kids who won the science fair, and they're. They're, that's the prize that they won is a tour <laughs> of the ship. Um, Beverly's trying to recruit Jordy to be in this play. Uh, Riker, uh, O'Brien and Keiko are, tr- are about to have a kid, and they're trying to decide what to name it. Just normal, just a normal Which, day in the show. I was life thinking about when was the last time we saw Keiko? Because it doesn't. It seem was like, like their wedding. I think it doesn't <laughs> seem like it's been long enough for them to. No, I think she, I think it was one of them shotgun weddings. As you know? pregnant <laughs> as she is now, I mean, I can't believe they they can't stand to be in each other's presence most of the time. So I can't believe they managed to have sex with each other, but apparently they did. Yep. So it's just an ordinary day, and you then use the teleporter. They, oh yeah, that's your answer to everything. <laughs> yeah, that's your solution for all bodily function related questions. Well, they just use the transporter, obviously. <laughs> I'm like, you've got the best tool in the world. This is literally you, the you, most efficient you, you're tool. You're done inventing. Oh, There's Ensign Rose back. Aaron, do you remember Ensign Rowe? We met her a couple episodes ago. Yes. She's Bajoran. Mm hmm. She's a bit of a wild card because she mm-hmm. doesn't quite fit in with the Starfleet types. And she gets to play that part again this week in this episode, kind of. Um, so they've, ha- they've, they've basically crashed into a thing. It literally doesn't matter what the thing is. They've crashed into a thing, and it's caused the whole ship to shut down. So they're all cut off from each other. So each of these four storylines is is completely independent of the others because they have no way 
to interact. interact. Yeah. The communications are down. All the doors are sealed. So they're all trapped where they are. This is... Does this have a name when they do this kind of stories? Is this a, is, is this a bottle it's episode? It's kind of a bottle episode because they never leave the ship. Yeah, and all it all the, takes all place in kind sets. of yeah. real time. Yeah. yeah, there aren't even even any like alien guest stars. There's yeah, you know, just the people. It's just the main cast. Ensign Rowe is like the most guest starish person on this. Right. Yeah, and she is an alien, so she'll do. <laughs> Good enough. Mm-hmm. Minimal. So uh, one of the things I like about this episode is I like the episodes that are like little puzzles they have to solve. You know, I like the episodes where there's a problem. Yes. And they have to think their way out of it. This is a very think your way out of it episode. Yeah. I like it when they have think your way out of it episodes that aren't reliant too much completely on random deus ex technology. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, right. It's not all techno babbly. It's yeah, like that just more didn't, just came out of nowhere. Like at least have a callback in the beginning of the show. You know what I mean? Like at least put some effort into making it seem realistic in the universe. I yeah, I totally agree. So the reason Aaron that Troy is in charge is because she's technically the highest ranking person on the bridge right now, even though she's not really a normal Starfleet officer. She mm-hmm. is in Starfleet, so right. she has the rank of lieutenant commander. Now, is it is it custom? Do they ever talk about it? Whether other counselors on other ships are? We never. They even, don't. They don't. They we don't never have to be. Seen do they? Any other counselors that yeah. I can remember? I Deanna might be the only counselor. There is in all of Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering if they ever talk about the fact that it's weird that she's got a rank and is a no. Counselor. I think it's like one of those honorary ranks. You know, like. I think there are she didn't go to the academy, but she has an office an honorary rank God. of lieutenant commander because she's the ship's counselor. It's like a high status job. Haven't they yeah. talked about other counselors on the ship though? I'm sure she's been in a situation where it's like I I'm I i do not think it's appropriate for me to be your counselor anymore. You should go to somebody else she, who is qualified. Yeah, and we did Well, you we, know she we, did we that with Barkley. About that. Yeah, I think it was Barkley <laughs> that she was talking to. And I think we were I think we just it just seemed weird that she could possibly be the only counselor for a four thousand. Well, and who does she talk to? So we figured there must be. Uh, and then when she said that line about "I I can refer you to someone," or whatever she says, uh, sort of confirmed that there must be other counselors. But it, but if there are, she's clearly the head counselor yeah. because she's the one that gets to sit on the bridge. Though I kind of secretly hope she was, uh, you know, assigning them to counselors who were not on the ship as a really <laughs> passive aggressive move. <laughs> like, here, go see this person. So, so the reason, so Troy is technically in charge, but she doesn't really know what to do, which is why she was asking O'Brien and Ensign Rowe, like, what's, what do you guys, who are actually, you know, professional Starfleet people, what do you think we should do? And, O'Brien's like, we should do X, Y, Z. And Roe was like, we should also do one, two, three. And Troy was like, good, do, go do that. So she's, her plot is about her sort of like learning to take command and like trust her, you know, instincts. Eventually, she will uh, take like the officer training course and become an actual starfleet person and then she starts wearing the uniform that's right 
You can do it two weekends a month for six months. Yes, we'll she's send in the you the ter- Starfleet reserves. Yeah. <laughs> so each of these plots has a problem that needs solving. Beverly's and Jordy's is that there's this radiation leak. It's her, in it's the, her outfit. This is that little problem. girl's outfit. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> she really problem. looks like the little girl from Lost in Space from like the sixties. I know. I love that they went with the that thick piping. That is some thick piping. <laughs> that is some thick piping. <laughs> it is popular in the future. Thick piping is always a popular choice in the future clothes. So their dilemma. Jordy and, and Beverly are trapped in a radiation room. They have to figure out what they're going to do. Picard and the kids are trapped in the elevator, and he's messed up his leg. Yeah. And he hates children. <laughs> so this is basically <laughs> Jean-Luc's worst nightmare yeah. is happening right now. Yeah. This is the real goal. Yeah. This is, if you ask Jean-Luc, you, he would tell you this is the worst thing that ever happened to him <laughs> the entire show. Worse than the Borg. Way worse than the Borg. <laughs> I was trapped in an elevator with three preteens. Pining to be a Borg again. It's like dreaming about the times. Uh, oh, wasn't that nice? I used to be a part of something. I was assimilated. <laughs> no. I never had to deal with children. Uh, he actually gets pretty good at interacting with them right away. Because it's in this scene that he sort of figures out how to treat them to get them to do what he needs them to do. But is it real? Yeah. Is it a real like familial instinct or is it just cold Picard calculation? It's cold Picard calculation. <laughs> He's like, I got to get these kids to trust me yeah. or we're all going to die in this elevator. Yeah. He's really willing to sacrifice the needs. So I think this is so cute. He gives them each some his of pips. his little uniform pips. It's, it's sweet. Yeah. Officer in charge of radishes. Yeah. So this little kid's experiment involved radishes. He said, they grew all weird. (laughs) That's what he says when John Luke says, what did you do on your science project? He's like, I grew some radishes and they looked all weird. It was such a normal. (laughs) It's really funny. It was such a normal, like. uh, Little kid thing. Yeah, exactly. And you you expect it to be all more complicated. So this is plot four. Every, the gang in Ten Forward, which is Worf and Keiko, and then these two. So really, there are five plots because these, these guys are kind of in their own thing, and then Keiko and Worf are in their own thing. That's what I mean. Why I think it's interesting to think about how they put this all together. Like, if they came up with Troy being the captain, then they had to figure out like what's everybody else doing while that's going on. Yeah. And which combinations would be the most kind of fun to see? Worf and Keiko are hilarious in this episode. This might be Keiko's best performance. Yeah. Boy, nobody had anything to say after all that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking for like the last 90 seconds. Sorry, and no, when I, I finally stopped, I was... you were all stunned into silence. <laughs> we were all watching the episode. You know? Yeah, this is a good one. That's, <laughs> Too good an episode. It's going to work against you every time. Yep. No, it's, yeah. This was... episode is very watchable. I agree. <laughs> For me, the, it's uh, like a tour of the Enterprise episode. Like, yeah, oh, it is. There's all these different places on the ship that we never really see because they're just like walking past it or they're walking it and then they walk out. 
Although I do find it hard to believe that Keiko is having a baby in the middle of ten forward, and somehow Guinan's not involved. Yeah, you you can't that, ask those kind of questions. That <laughs> seems hard to believe that she wouldn't be involved with someone having a baby in her bar. I think you have to just imagine she's not on the ship, right? Yeah. You just have to be like, oh, Guinan is like a cosmic being, so maybe sometimes she's like on an alternate plane of reality. That's what or I would say. I think she's trapped in the bathroom. (laughs) Or she's trapped in the bathroom. (laughs) Or there's a simpler answer. (laughs) She's trapped in the bathroom this whole episode. (laughs) (laughs) She she didn't realize... That makes so much more sense, Jake, than the nonsense I said. (laughs) Hello. Uh, She comes out at the end and is like, what happened? (laughs) What did I miss? Yeah. Keiko's got a baby. Do not go in there. Yeah, go Do in not. There. <laughs> the toilets were not on emergency power. The, 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 the I was, transporters <laughs> were not online. That was if the you person, know what I mean. That was the person you were talking about, Jake. Yep. The one who was right in the middle of the transportation of feces. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> ended right in the middle it of it. Turned out it was Guinan. She comes out and she's Guinan like, the oh, whole time. She comes out and she's like, even my hat is soaked. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the hats with locked her in her bathroom. Uh, we've got some Troy Ensign Row beef going right now. You know, two ladies in charge. They just can't trust each other. Oh, that's... <laughs> that's not what this is. It's <laughs> a little unfair to this story. <laughs> yeah, Roe is just very much like, we got to cut our losses. Roe Ro is not a Starfleet gal. She's a Bajoran, you know, terrorist. Freedom fighter. So she's, she has a very pragmatic approach to mm-hmm. things. The dilemma they're dealing with, Aaron, is that there's a problem on the ship that could potentially kill everyone. But there's a solution, but the solution might not work. So what Roe is saying is, we need to cut our losses, separate the ship. Remember how the ship can That's right. separate? Mm-hmm. Remember that? And no. get and get the rest of us out of here and leave behind the people on the other half of the ship because they're going to die. And O'Brien's like, no, I think we should, you know, try science, science, science. <laughs> and then, mm. and so now Troy is the one who has to make the decision. But Ensign Rowe is like, what are we talking about? You can't make the decision. You're the freaking counselor. Like, your title is honorary at best. And you shouldn't be the one to make this decision, right? Isn't that basically what she says? I watched this, but it was a couple weeks ago. I think it's coming from, like, Rogue kind of has captain envy. She's just like, if in this type of situation, I should be the captain. But they give it to this chick, I'm the one that's just going to make some hard decisions here. Yeah, I think there's that's definitely part of it, too. And it's just, like I said, she's just pragmatic. She's a survivor. So she's going to be like, look, this sucks, but we got to go. You know, the women, they be beefing. <laughs> Breaking it down. Thank you, Sean. That's what's really going yes, on. Yes, because whenever women fight, it's always a beef. <laughs> That's beef. right. But when right. men fight, Is this another plug for it's your just book, an argument. Sean. Beefing look, and queefing. What have we talked about? We need to start... A- you know, we need to start pushing towards the red pillars in the world. Oh, yeah. You keep trying to pivot the uh, the podcast. Yeah, we need to get some new viewers. <laughs> we need some... Uh, so I'm trying to get some, some sponsors. QAnon people on our side. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of sponsors, I had the creepiest 
uh, advertisement. I was listening to a podcast and an advertisement for a 7-Eleven that had opened a block down the street from my house. Like specifically for that 7-Eleven. I'm like, how the fuck do they know? Why would there be a local commercial on a podcast? Kind of odd that Seven Eleven would need a commercial. I mean, if you need a Seven Eleven, you're gonna find it, right? Yeah. I, don't know. I blew my mind. That's like that scene in Minority Report where he gets all the ads that are yeah, they target at you. Somebody has your data. That movie got a lot of predictions right. You know, not the seeing the future part, but the... no, you missed that data's. Captain America moment where he like yep. stepped into the lasers and he's just like, I'll take one for the team. Almost right. zap myself. Yeah. But then, so then he like opens up his head and later we just get like head data. Right. Because yeah. his body, the, the thing was standing in those lasers shut his body down, but his brain is still working. I- so Riker is going to remove data's head. I think that'd be fun. Just have like a data head, just sure. like running around that you could hang out with. with I think Brent, I think Brent Spiner has one of those, fi- you know, those fake data heads that they would use every once in a while. I bet he has one in his house. I think cool. someone should make a, a purse that's just a data head. That'd be a fun <laughs> purse. Purse is just a, hang around your, your your off your shoulder. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> Be like lit up like the positronic brain, right? That is Christmas, Christmas LEDs. It's the only way I can find my keys. So, the problem here is that the turbo lift is uh unstable, which is why it keeps shaking and rattling like it has been. And they gotta go, so they gotta get out of here. Yep, uh, all those safety measures <laughs> the one time it breaks. It- Right. It kind of failed. They have exactly one safety precaution in the turbo lift. And yeah. it's like. You would think that them being in zero G, you wouldn't die in an elevator crash where there's literally no gravity. Well, they never they never really do any of the, oh, the artificial gravity isn't working because yep. that shit's expensive. Yeah. Like they're on a TV. Budget. Right, right. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe the zero G was stuck in the bathroom, so right. it couldn't <laughs> get out. Well, Guidance in charge of zero G. Yeah, she didn't turn it on, <laughs> and she's dealing with hat issues. Good zero point. Gs are underground club. Or There's some zero G stuff in Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country, is. which we'll be watching relatively soon. Yeah, very soon. That's fun. We haven't seen the old gang in a while. It'll be fun to see them one more time. Yep. <laughs> He's like, okay, this game has long, gone long enough where I'm humoring you. Now you, now I'm back, right. back to yelling. Here she goes. Right. He's telling them to get out. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, we're not going to leave without you because you're our captain. And he's like, the brass on this lady. <laughs> <laughs> the balls on this kid. Even Riker doesn't talk to me like that. <laughs> he knows better. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I love it. The stones. The I, just <laughs> turned it, I just turned into like Sinatra there yeah. for a second. <laughs> the balls on this. 
It's mutiny, but it's cute. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's cute when kids, little kids, mutiny. Yeah. If these I were mean, adults, record Picard would be fucking ripping them a new one. I think the old naval laws permit execution in this. Oh, excellent. Emphasis on the cute. That, and execution. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> that thing's got to be hot as hell, that poor pink girl. Yeah, well, all the guest, the guest clothes, the casual wear, all looks like it's made out of wool, yep. which can be possibly be comfortable in in front of TV lighting. You know, Ugh. I can't imagine that. I don't know. I can't imagine they weren't all just sweating all the time. Well, Jordy's got a plan. Jordy's gonna Jordy. Jordy's Stop got touching a plan. me, Jordy. Stop touching me. <laughs> I don't okay. care if you have an idea. We've spoken about our personal boundaries. <laughs> she's feeling hot, but she will not take off that jacket. No, she's not gonna take off that jacket. Oh, Jesus just has to touch her as touch. he walks by, Jordy. Yep. You got a problem, bro. I'm just they're f- they're friends. Come on. Like let's <laughs> let's not be too <laughs> mean to Jordy. I mean <laughs> He's yeah. not a bad person. Sounds I just like one all, of them men's rights guys. I think they all genuinely like Jordy. <laughs> uh, what is Keiko doing? She's helping she's other people. Doing triage. Oh. She's supposed to be doing triage, but what she just said to that lady is, hold this up to your head. And the lady already had the thing in her hand. <laughs> And she's there. She's doing it right there. She's like, look, it goes like this. It goes on your face. Because <laughs> the lady's just holding the thing like six inches away. And Keiko comes over and pushes it onto her face. And it's like, it goes like that. I'm like, oh, Keiko's a good nurse. <laughs> well, she's a teacher, right? She's a botanist. In right now, doesn't she become? Oh, does she become a teacher on? DS9? I think she becomes a teacher later on uh, when they go to Deep Space Nine. Oh, here comes the baby. So this Worf is, the, is gonna have to give birth to a baby. This is the comedy plot line. Yeah, because Worf having to deliver a baby is just a hilarious yeah. like idea for a storyline. It is. A- but it can't become a. It's not a full episode. That's why I wonder if they like. If they had these little tiny ideas floating yeah. around, like, wouldn't it be funny if Worf is deliver yeah. Keiko's baby? And But those aren't ideas that can, you can make a full, like, episode out of, right. right? So I wonder if they just had lots of little tiny ideas and were like, what if we did all of these in just one episode yeah. and put all of our fun little ideas to work? I feel like there's a chalkboard where all the ideas left over from the end of, like, they didn't get right. picked. The and stuff then, uh, we didn't do. Yeah, yeah. And just like, let's do all of that. I like how they had to excuse themselves to the conference room. They, so they, yeah, so they, they couldn't do this on the bridge. No, so, this is where they have these conversations, yeah. is in the conference room. So the one other person on the bridge <laughs> wouldn't have to feel embarrassed. Right. <laughs> right. The poor, uh, they wouldn't let the black guy into the conversation. They didn't want to have to pay that actor for Typical. an extra day. They were like, get the three regular characters in the room mm. together. Lose the extra. Guys working for scale, but this is, this is a classic conference room scene because they're talking out the problem, yeah. and Roe wants to cut and run. Miles is saying, actually, maybe if we could figure out a way to send a message to engineering, they would be able to fix the problem. 
they don't ha- they don't know there's a problem in engineering because all the power's out, so they can't look at the computer. So they're trying to figure out a way to tell engineering what they know up in the bridge, which is that the ship is in trouble. Right? Yep. Did I yeah. just was that right? Yeah. Again, just that's... the silence is staggering. <laughs> I'm sorry, watching talking. I mean, I'm sure engineering <laughs> knows that there's a problem, but yes, they do need to communicate. And if they if they execute a plan, part of that plan will involve like some communication with what they need to do. So. I, yeah, I feel like Miles even says they don't even know there's a problem because they don't have any of their like sensors to detect the problem. Like the warp, the warp core is going offline, or some, you know, right. something like that. Science, science, science. Science, yeah. science, science. I mean, it's always the warp core going offline. The technology in Star Trek is often unreliable. <laughs> for a, for a story where, about where they've, you know, taken over a good chunk of the galaxy, shit breaks all the, on the regular on the ship. Why are they tired with the Christmas lights? Yeah, he pulled. They pulled a bunch of the cables oh, out sorry. from the ship from the walls. And he's tied them all together. This is the funniest joke in this episode. It's coming up. Uh, the little girl gets to say it. It's the best line in the episode. He's trying to get away. He's trying to cheer them up. He knows he needs to improve morale. And they're like, we can't do it. And he's like, hmm. Uh, let me cast my mind back to officer trainings. <laughs> how to motivate uh, uh, unhappy soldiers. And he's like, ah, uh, well, oh, yeah. Then the elevator falls. Ooh. Clean effects shot. I guess there is. Yeah, a that down. didn't look bad. Yeah. Uh, that might be one of the ones they redid. redid. Or did they redo? Maybe they redid just the space ones. I forget now. They may have just redone the exterior just, shots. We might have just they just might have been on the ball that day. Yeah, that was a good effect for yeah. TV budget. Yeah. Uh, this is where the kids break down. Well, she's keeping because she's doing her job. She's a good first officer. She's telling Picard there's a problem because Picard is not emotionally awake enough to understand that the little kid is scared. Yeah. <laughs> The oh, laughing, there's the joke. The we laughing Vulcan and his dog. <laughs> what he t- what he says to them is, "We need a song. We need like a sea shanty, a, yeah. a climbing song. What songs do you know?" And the little girl says, "The laughing Vulcan and his dog." <laughs> That's the best line in the episode. <laughs> John Luke's like, "I no, don't think I know that." Let one. me sing a song that's 500 right. years so old. So his solution, because he doesn't know the laughing Vulcan and his dog, is to make them sing Frere Jacques, which they all inexplicably know. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> they all know it. <laughs> that was a song I would tell us. It's 500 years school. later. <laughs> <laughs> they still know it. Nothing but is... he doesn't know the laughing Vulcan and his dog? <laughs> that song has got to have been a hit. Like, yeah. I mean... Yeah. It's, I mean, little kids know about it. Yeah. It's not like they're that hip to what's popular. You know? yeah. It must have been a big hit. <laughs> it was it's the baby shark. The when she says the last <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the Paw Patrol of their day. <laughs> yeah, she's very funny. The way that little girl when she says the last Vulcan <laughs> and his dog. I gotta I want... say though, I I knew Farajaka, and I distinctly remember being taught it regularly throughout elementary school in different languages. Yeah, me. Sure. Yeah, everybody does or did. But yeah. I wonder. I doubt that happens now. 
And I certainly don't think it will happen 300 years from in the future. <laughs> <laughs> it's slagging Frere Jacques over here. I guess you and I don't think it's a timeless classic, <laughs> is all I'm saying. You and the writers of the show disagree. That's right. <laughs> I mean, row, row, row you both. It's because he's that. fucking French. So they were like, well, it has to be a French song because it's Jean-Luc. And, and there's only friend. one and French there's song. Only one, there's only no. one French lullaby that all school children are taught. Oh, <laughs> this is all very funny. I've, I've simulated Worf's, birth. Worf's um, strategy for dealing with this situation is to be very clinical. He's like, the tricorder says you are fully dilated. Mm-hmm. Blah 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 blah. And she's like, um, no, that's not what I need. I need somebody to like, you know. Talk to me and tell me it's going to be okay. Sing Frere Jaca to me. Mark. Yeah, that would have been a great callback. <laughs> if he had busted into Frere Jaca. <laughs> uh, that's going to be awesome. And all he knows is the laughing Vulcan and the dog. Right. That's, uh, that's his favorite song. He li- well, maybe that's a, a Klingon uh, opera song. Right. The laughing Vulcan. Worf loves dog. Klingon opera. I don't know if they've, have, has that been established yet? He likes Klingon poetry. That's established. Yeah. Well, who doesn't? Yeah. So what Beverly and Jordy are doing, Aaron... It's not advisable. It's not advisable. <laughs> they're, doing, they're doing the classic Sigourney Weaver move. They're blowing it out the airlock. Yeah, it's pretty badass, though. Right. But they just kind of hang on. The effect is really hilarious. Yeah. It's clearly just... Okay, turn on the wind machine, yeah. and the wind machine goes on, and their hair blows around for like 15, 20 seconds, and then it's over. It could not be more like low budget, but real, but like in a really charming, like Hold that's great kind of way. It seems to me like it's a bad plan yeah. to have the wind open machine, and wind machine, wind machines. Being so far away from each other. <laughs> because look where the open button was. It was right there. But yeah. he has to go and all the way across the, the room. The closed <laughs> one is on the other it's side. The, it's like 30 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Jobs had this fit. Right. Had he's got to get all the way over there to turn the air conditioning get, back on. They got to go all the way over there <laughs> to get a third button. Get the air on. To turn the air on. There you go. <laughs> this seems like bad planning right. to put those you would want those so buttons. far away from you each other. You would want those buttons closer together. <laughs> Just say I it. totally agree. It doesn't seem like very efficient. Why do you have to go all the way across the room by the exit to the ship <laughs> to know, turn the, the control- air on? <laughs> the air should come on automatically when the door closes. There shouldn't even be a button. <laughs> that should just happen. Yeah. The door closes, the air comes in. Yeah. <laughs> Why do they even shut the air off anyways? Right. Why can't the air just stay it on the whole time? Just be on the whole time. <laughs> Why does it just did it get sucked out Why in space? Why was it off? Yeah. You're right. <laughs> Why does it even turn off in the first place? This is a real design flaw. <laughs> Detected. No, you guys, come on. <laughs> you guys. Well, on. that's it. I hate this. I can't now. believe this crap. They had to get rid of the oxygen so the fire would go out. You know that. <laughs> no, I, oh, that's right. That is why they had to turn the air on. All right, science, all right. science, right. science. Jake's science. Right. Jake's right. When he's right, he's and right. And you got to believe Wait. that because 
Jordy would have totally died there. It was Crusher that actually reached the button. Yeah, she's the one who goes. She was like, I am not going to die. I'm not dying Jordy. trapped in a shuttle bay with Jordy LaFleur. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear the stories that are going to come from that. that. Was, the stories will last decades. <laughs> There's the shot. There's the Troy and the captain yeah. chair. Right. Yeah. So Troy's Troy is not go- willing to abandon. Oh, there's there's data head. Head. Yeah. Data head. Data head. Data head. Hey, data head. Another one of my May favorite. May you left episode. your purse. What's what, Jake? <laughs> you lost. You yeah, left your May's purse. purse idea. Yeah. <laughs> data yeah, head. I was just saying is a great t- like episode title. Yeah, that would data be data head. <laughs> I think cl- if you. Type that into Google. You'll get some interesting yeah. results. Clash, huh? clash at data head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now I want to. Now I want to look up uh, Star Trek TNG porn. It must exist. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, there's parodies. <laughs> so Data's telling him what to do. <laughs> Don't expect me to do everything. This is funny. Uh, Riker puts the thing in the wrong hole, and Data's face goes all wonky. Uh-huh. He's like, stick this whole thing in the hole. And he's like, that is not. <laughs> no, that's not it. <laughs> he's such a goof. He's such a ham. Brent yeah. Miner's just a so ham. Good. Love it. Data's made mostly of ham. Looks that's like. Uh, Do <laughs> you see the, the trailer for season three for Picard? Yeah, they're all back. And it looks like. Lore is back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're doing a season three? Yeah. They're finally doing the whole, what everybody whole, wanted all, all seven along are back. and just bringing the entire cast back. Which Worf is, all, looks which is all everybody's been wanting. He's got gray hair. Awesome. They all look great. They I all think. Look, yeah, yeah. Beverly looks great. Yeah. We've already seen Riker. We've seen Marina. LeVar oh, Burton just looks exactly the Aaron. same. I was going to ask Aaron. Uh, if she could, I was just listening to an older episode for Corrections Corner where Aaron couldn't name the actors on the show. Oh no! And I and I was we here. We are in season five. Yeah. Update. And I was going to ask you what Troy's name is, but I already said Marina. Do you remember what her last name is? It starts with a T. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, there's a T in it. It's got a T. It's like Picard likes T. I forgot her last name. Her Marina Certis. That's right. But yeah, we've seen her, and we saw we've seen data or variants of data. Yes, <laughs> lots of lots of lots Brent of soons, doc- lots, <laughs> lots of, doctors, of relatives, lots of doctors, doctors, doctors soon, doctors <laughs> soon, <laughs> attorneys general. You know, uh, the best one was when we were talking about Gene Simmons. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. If Gene Simmons and Gene Simmons were in a party together. Yeah. How would you refer to them? Would you call oh. them Gene Simmons? Gene Simmons is. They're Gene the Simmons. Is, they're Gene Simmons. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Here's Worf's great. Here's Worf's big joke in the episode. You are fully dilated. You may now give birth. <laughs> Uh, that's one of those little. That's one of those things that gets uh, gifified a lot. If you look at Worf gifts online, it's there's a lot of you may now give. Birth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the internet. It's just, this is just another battle to him. And Worf's like, well, this isn't going at all the way the book says. 
There's and a, he's going to have to get in there, and he doesn't want to. There's screaming. There's a, there's a great wound involved. It's <laughs> just, just another warrior's battle. Yeah, he there should is. just think of it as a battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah Worf, well, think of it as a battle. <laughs> <laughs> I have some things to say about uh, whether or not uh, about about Worf's rigid penis and other rigid uh, rigid penises. You mean with ridges? I mean ridged. <laughs> ridged. Not ridged. Ridge. Uh, you were writing some at TNG. Penises porn. ridged. Porn right there. They were penises ridged. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at some point, it's going to be both. Which is a corrections corner uh, thing from an earlier episode where Min was asking if. Uh, well, actually, Philippe started it by saying that. Uh, Worf's ridges went all the way down. (laughs) 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 This is a six-month-old baby, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) You know how they always use, like, old babies to play newborns? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) The way you said that made me feel bad for old babies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Old-ass babies. (laughs) Ageism in Hollywood is real. <laughs> if you're six months, you can't play a newborn, bitch. <laughs> yeah, you're an old ass baby. Get out of here. You're an old ass face. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Making me Bring me a new baby. <laughs> well, I swear to God, I was shocked at how little the baby was the first time I saw a real newborn. Because uh-huh. I had been totally destroyed. TV made you think babies were huge that's when they came they out. Because they were always six-months-old babies. I was like, wow, that's really small. I didn't know they were that small. Well, I'm glad I made you feel sorry for the plight of old babies. I was just like, yeah, I felt really bad for them. Just like... Oh, okay, man. so we completely missed the ending of the episode. <laughs> I keep thinking of you know. Oh. Uh, Everyone confidence everything. Everybody won. Keiko delivered Keiko the, baby, had the baby. But the mo- the important part for the main for our guys is that Troy um, stood up to Ensign Rowe and said, "No, I'm in command and I'm doing it my way." And she ended up being right. She saved the ship. Um. So now she's fucking with Riker by saying, "Well, I like I kind of liked being captain. Maybe I'll go to command school," which she actually does end up doing. So what do you and think of the little girls' do outfit? That's yeah. better because there's no piping. Oh, there's a little piping on the shoulder. On the yeah, but that's way that. better than that. Yeah, it doesn't that, have the that, shoulder piping. That garden hose they had wrapped around <laughs> her earlier. <laughs> it was a shimmering sea snake. So they've come to reunite with the captain, mm-hmm. and now he's now he likes them. Yeah, he's gonna the take only him. children that John Luke likes in his life. Right. Uh, he's gonna he's take him to the battle bridge, right? Because in the very first scene, the kid asked, "Can we go to the battle bridge?" And he was like, "Absolutely not. <laughs> We're gonna go to the arboretum." And then <laughs> he said something to Number One, and she right. said, "I sir," along with Riker. Riker also said, "I sir," and like, then. Picard winked at her. And then her. Picard winked at her. It's Aww. so cute. And the best oh. thing that can happen. And then Riker sent Picard's her to the leaving. Break. He's, you're sad he's going, but you we, want him to wink we at We talked you. once about how if uh, if Patrick Stewart, or I guess specifically Jean-Luc, but just Patrick Stewart in general, uh, ever looked at you and said, well done, 
that you would feel like that was the best feeling that you've ever had. That was the greatest compliment anyone could ever give you. That's now it's the, now it's the Picard wink. Yeah. If John Luke Picard ever turns and winks at you, yeah, that's oh, a good feeling. You're done. You're done. Yeah. You're done. The knees go to jelly. Uh, we're also done. Wow. We finished the episode, guys. Oh, this is what it feels. It's such like. a good episode. I really enjoy that one a lot. Oh, this is oh, oh yes. <laughs> previews for next week. This episode, next week is the game, which Star Trek fans will know is a fucking crazy. It's a romp episode. Oh, it's a great episode. It's so terrible. I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> Sometimes it's easier to talk about the bad ones than it is to talk about the good yeah. ones. Yeah. But this is bad in all the. It's bad ways. in the best ways. If you ever wanted to see what everyone's orgasm face looks like, yeah. you get to tune in next week, yeah. and you will absolutely see that. What's an orgasm face? Mm. <laughs> Let's talk off mic. <laughs> <laughs> Philippe's just never made anyone have one. So I guess we'll s- Oh, g- yeah. Tomorrow, next week's episode is less interesting than this one. So I will save Possum News yeah. Corrections Corner and connect them all up. For next week. Sweet. Thank you all for listening to Warped. Go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, email us at warpthepodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at WarpTrek. Follow me at Host Warped. Follow Min for our Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu live plays and podcasts. Find it. Listen to what's it called? Off the Off the Wagon. Off the Wagon. It's fucking now. hilarious. Um, I started listening to Chapter 2 because Min sent me a link to oh, it. Oh, it's, it's good. Um, Instagram at Warped the Podcast and at Lunar underscore Flare. And I think that's all of them, right? That's enough. That's good enough. Until next time, my name is Sean. My name is Matt. I'm Jake. Lee. Aaron. I'm Mike. Thank you for listening and good night. <laughs>